0: This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G O M O T O.com.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Steve Schmidt with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, November 1st. This week, global leaders are convening in Scotland for the 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference. Electric vehicles are sure to be on the agenda. In the spirit of those climate discussions, Daily Drive this week will feature CEOs who continue to drive innovation in battery and EV technology in ways that are delivering on performance expectations while also increasing sustainability and reducing environmental impact involved with building batteries. Today, we're speaking with Doug Campbell, CEO of Solid Power. The company is working to replace the flammable liquid electrolyte found in a conventional lithium-ion battery with a solid electrolyte, resulting in batteries that are safer and more stable. Campbell says that from a performance perspective, the company's solid-state technology increases energy density 50-75% to when compared with other rechargeable batteries. The solid-state tech also enables cheaper, more energy-dense battery pack designs and is compatible with traditional lithium-ion manufacturing processes. He says those opportunities to make the design of battery packs more efficient and the ability to drop the company's technology into existing manufacturing processes creates benefits that positively impact the environment. How? He believes through cleaner, more efficient operation of electric vehicles his technology helps deliver and because adopting that technology requires little to no investment in new manufacturing operation or tooling. The approach seems to be working. Solid Power is getting interest from investors that include BMW and Ford, and has announced plans to go public via special purpose acquisition company. What's the science behind solid state electrolyte material, and what other advantages does solid state lithium battery technology deliver? We've caught up with Solid Power CEO Doug Campbell at the company's headquarters in Colorado. Doug, thanks so much for joining me
2: today on Daily Drive. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Uh, Really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Happy to share a little bit about the solid power story this morning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're really covering a lot about EVs and certainly battery technology and really having some fascinating stories, hearing from some fascinating folks. Really excited about today's conversation. Why don't we start? Can you tell us about solid power? What's the inspiration? What's the mission the company is on?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, As the name implies, solid power, we are working on what's called all-solid-state batteries. And from a very simplistic definition, uh, what we're doing is simply replacing the liquid electrolyte that you see in today's lithium ion with a solid uh, electrolyte material. Um, And that in and of itself shouldn't get you too exciting, but it's really what solid-state enables, which in our case is a combination of of superior energy – um, superior safety, and superior high temperature stability, potentially leading to much lower cost EV battery packs.
1: So what's the science behind a solid electrolyte? You know, things that I've studied, this is you know generally yep. a liquid that runs in the battery, et cetera, and, and, and creates the electrical charge, et cetera. What's the science behind taking a solid approach to an electrolyte?
2: Absolutely. I mean, it, it is the very de- definition of, of material science. So what really led to the innovation of the company was, was you know, as, a, as an advisor told me many, many years ago, coming up with a new way to move ions from point A to point B. So literally what we what we have developed, what represents the, the core intellectual property of the company is our solid electrolyte, which is our ion conducting component. Um, inside of our all-solid-state cell. And it's far and away the most critical material component. Without a good ion conductor, you're kind of dead in the water as it pertains to solid-state batteries. And
1: you all just recently conducted uh, some study. You have some performance data about solid-state technology. What's that data revealed in terms of advantages versus traditional liquid electrolytes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so what we demonstrated was um, two things. One, um, addressing some of the historical technical challenges with solid-state batteries, which, which historically has been, can you deliver on high rates, both in terms of charge and discharge, and can you do it over a wide temper, uh, temperature operational window? And that's indeed what we demonstrated that we could do. And then in addition to that, what we also demonstrated is the strong potential um, for both this high temperature stability, which, which we call in the business high calendar life, um, which uh, we believe strongly could lead to elimination of the need for pack cooling, which is of course the the cost savings at the pack level, and then far superior safety. So we conducted a bunch of uh, third-party testing, third-party abuse testing, nail pen, overcharge, et cetera. Um, and what we showed is that our cells still fail under abuse testing, but they do so in a very non-catastrophic manner. So essentially eliminating that issue around thermal runaway that that lithium ion sees when it undergoes the same kind of abuse testing.
1: So in the context of electric vehicles, are there other advantages? Is it better performance, faster charging, lighter weight, more recyclable? You know, when you think about millions of electric vehicles on the ground and, and going mm. further, at some points require lighter weight and all of these other things. Exactly. Other advantages that that solid state delivers and for use in vehicles?
2: Absolutely. So from a very simplistic standpoint, I, I always like to start with the market pain, you know, specifically what market pain are you addressing? <clears throat> and right now, you know, the market pain for electric vehicles is really two things. One, performance specifically around range. You know, everyone's interested in pushing the envelope on, on range. And then the second thing is, by and large, electric vehicles are still pretty expensive. Um, and at the center of that is the battery. A, the battery is the number one most uh, expensive component in an electric vehicle. Um, so if you're going to drive down the cost of the vehicle, the the battery is the way to do it. And then, of course, the battery itself um, determines the 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 range because again, there's there's going to be mass and volume limitations on a typical electric vehicle. And so by delivering on much, much higher levels of cell cell energy, uh, both on a mass and per unit volume, in effect, you to your point, Ah, uh, we are uh, addressing um, you know the mass and volume limits and uh, you know driving down uh, driving down the mass and and driving down the volume of those battery packs.
1: One of the things I found very interesting in studying what solid power is doing and preparing for today's conversation is I understand that your innovation, the way you approach a solid state electrolyte, can be fit into, can be married with traditional lithium ion battery manufacturing process, which as we know, then reduces the need for at least reduces the need for massive capital investment to change the manufacturing process, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about how what you all are doing works hand in glove with the way lithium ion batteries are manufactured today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I appreciate you bringing up that point, because that really goes back to the strategy that we established for the company going back to the early days, which was we absolutely wanted to focus on, you know, next generation, all solid state batteries and all the great, you know, potential benefits they bring to the bear, which I just uh, just listed. Uh, But we wanted to focus only on those solid state technologies that were, you know, quote unquote, highly manufacturable. And our definition of highly manufacturable was the ability to leverage existing Uh, battery uh, uh, manufacturing infrastructure, and we have um, validated that. Um, So in our facility sitting just no more than 30 feet away from you is our fully operational pre-pilot production line that literally mirrors lithium-ion production. So to, to bring it into more specific terms, materials enter into that production facility in powder form, whether it's our cathode active material, anode active material, or electrolyte. Then those those powders are, are combined to produce the respective either electrode or electrolyte separator layers, and they we we produce what we refer to as a slurry. Uh, think uh, you know um, you know cake cake uh, mixing. Um, kind of stuff, um, and then that slurry is then pumped through a industry standard slot die coater um, that then creates the the coated layers. They're then densified using roll to roll calendaring systems, just as you see in lithium ion production, and then we focused on a stacked cell architecture, which is very very common in lithium ion. And so the the value proposition here is you know unlike you know, other groups that are looking at, you know, vastly different um, uh, manufacturing processes, we are not. We can step right into existing gigafactories and switch those over from lithium-ion to salt state.
1: One of the other things I think that I discovered is that there's actually a safety benefit to this technology as well. Specifically, it's less flammable, which, you know, you look over the last couple of years, there have been electric vehicles that have caught on fire. So can you talk a little bit about um, the safety aspects that come with a solid state electrolyte?
2: Absolutely. yeah. So the issue with lithium ion is that it's really the liquid electrolyte that's the quote unquote bad actor. so when you when you are subjected to you know abuse conditions such as penetration, overcharge, crush, et cetera, what happens is you you quickly heat up the cell. And then that causes the liquid electrolyte to ignite. That is the very de- definition of a, of a thermal runaway. Um, because we have eliminated that, that volatile and flammable liquid electrolyte, uh, we have really nothing to, to ignite. There's no real ignition source. And that's what I mean by the abuse testing that we showed, which is that our cells still fail under those abuse tests, but they do so in a very benign non-catastrophic manner. And of course, as you noted, it's very powerful to our auto OEM partners who obviously want to ensure that product reliability is there. But what is becoming even more powerful is incidences of product recalls. You know, this is fresh in the news. There's a couple automakers that are going through this right now. And this is going to cost, this is going to cost somebody billions of dollars. And so by going to a much safer chemistry, you're dramatically reducing the instances of future product recalls.
1: Well, and all of this stuff, as you know, builds consumer trust. It's going to go as far as I want. It's going to charge faster. It's going to have the performance I want. And I'm going to be safe driving this vehicle as well.
2: Absolutely. You nailed it.
1: We'll be right back with more.
0: Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer, every time? How often is the opportunity for trade appraisals missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation, all in under two minutes, Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for both CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service link, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O. Talk
1: about supply chain here, right? So there's a big push to build batteries. In America, you're mm-hmm. based in Colorado, but mm-hmm. in my point of view, and I've had this conversation with a couple of folks on the show, where these metals are in the world are oftentimes could fall victim to, to geopolitical risk. They're tough to get there. Supply chain disruption. We've seen that around supply chain around uh, semiconductors. Very real possibility that we could see this around building batteries in America as well, and getting access to those metals. How does your innovation perhaps mitigate supply chain risk?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So let me first comment on you know your your comment about um, you know some of these 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 metals and, and, and minerals. You're absolutely correct. Um, especially cobalt, you know, by cobalt by and large, you know, come definitely does not come from the United States. Uh, today, most lithium also does not come from the United States, although I think that's going to change because there's a lot of groups out there that are looking at um, new lithium assets, meaning non-brine, um, you know, extracting it from lithium containing clays, et cetera. And there's you know significant deposits here in, here in the United States. So you know from a, from a just a general US. citizen standpoint, from my perspective, I don't view, at least with respect to lithium, you know, lithium access as being being a big deal. Um, but in terms of nickel and cobalt, that that is absolutely a big deal. And where solid power is is playing in that space and contributing is really twofold. One, looking further afield, we announced about a, a month and a half ago um, some very sizable funding from the federal government to further develop a non-nickel, non-cobalt containing cathode active material. Now that's still very much R&D, so we're not gonna make claims As to when that would be commercially available but of course you've got to start somewhere and we're pretty excited about that because this is a made from earth abundant materials that are incredibly low cost and not only are you reducing some of those geopolitical concerns you're directly addressing the the cost issue that plagues today's lithium ion which is basically the cost of that nickel and cobalt containing um, cathode active material so we're super excited about that now to the second half of your question which was and I'll paraphrase here, Steve. Um, basically, what what I think you're saying is, look, so uh, 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 the U.S. really doesn't play much of a role in the supply chain. Um, you know, we obviously played a huge role in inventing and innovating around lithium ion, but the manufacturing of that obviously migrated overseas. And so, interestingly, I get a lot of inbounds from, you know, various federal officials who are asking, hey, what can be done there? And my response to that is there's not a whole lot you can do with today's lithium ion. That ship has sailed. If you want to influence the supply chain of tomorrow and make sure the United States has a role, that's really where next-gen technology comes into play. And that window is open now, and that window will close at some point in the future. And so I'm encouraging – really all uh, agencies within the federal government to strongly consider some of these public private partnerships uh, again with organizations like Solid power because we're really where the rubber rubber hits the road so it's it's a long-winded way of saying stay tuned um, but the the good news is very high profile federal officials are are aware and are motivated to try to try to influence this such that the US does have a role in the supply chain in the not too distant future you know, and the
1: economic benefit, right? jobs, manufacturing jobs, various pathways to prosperity. I'm a big believer that economic prosperity comes from the business of building things. And I think what you're describing there, apart from supply chain risk, apart from driving innovation, creating competitive advantage on a global scale for for building things in America, right? The economic power, the economic benefit that comes from, from workers on the line to workers in the office, I think is
2: hand in hand with what you're describing. Yep. Steve, couldn't agree with you more.
1: So talk, tell me a little bit about uh, some perhaps conversations you're having with automakers or suppliers, anything you can share relative to conversations you're having, how those conversations are going, any updates or anything you can share?
2: No, absolutely. So, yeah, tons of updates there. So, you know, what what what's been public is that we're working very extensively with both. You know, Ford and BMW, those cooperations historically have gone back many years. What's so exciting about what we announced earlier this year is those relationships have deepened in a major, major way and specifically around kicking off uh, legitimate vehicle integration programs. And, and really what that culminates in is the formal qualification phase, which starts with our A-sample validation, um, which will begin in uh, late Q1 or early Q2 of, of next year. And just to simply do that, you've got to be uh, two things. One, you've got to be full scale. And two, you've got to have a pretty uh, decent degree of uh, production volume capability because you've got to deliver literally thousands and thousands of, of full-scale automotive cells. And so we're, we're pretty excited about that. Um, because, again, it gives us line of sight to getting these into vehicles. And then what is really hot off the press, and and in fact, I'm a little jet lagged this morning because I just returned from South Korea yesterday where we had a signing ceremony with SK Innovation. And that was really around cooperation um, for industrialization of our solid-state batteries. And the reason that's so key for us is we do not endeavor to become uh, an established tier one, at least within the automotive market. Um, because a, we'd have to raise massive amounts of capital, and B, we'd have to go out and displace the likes of SK Innovation, Panasonic, CATL. And frankly speaking, the chances of us being successful there, I think are are pretty low. And so we're rather what we're seeking are commercialization partners like SK Innovation that can step in uh, when the time is right. And you know that announcement, just uh, gosh, twenty four forty eight hours ago, um, is is step one. Um, for us specifically with SK Innovation, so we're we're incredibly excited and really pleased to be working with such prominent companies like Ford, BMW, SK Innovation, etc.
1: Congratulations on that! I think what companies have learned over the years is that it's hard to build cars and the components oh, yeah. of cars and do it at the scale that this industry does every day. And what you're describing is similar to others that I've that I've seen, similar to other announcements that from guests that I've had here on the show. And that's very very cool innovators like solid power are partnering up with folks that know how to scale and build at at the at the pace that that's required in the automotive industry and those are just creating some wonderful partnerships congratulations
2: uh thank you thank you so what's next what's next execution yeah. <laughs> execution yeah well yeah, i think so, i mean you guys have plans to go public as well right maybe via <laughs> via via spac we do we do and yeah everything's going well there um, can't give you a precise date as to when that happens because that that is out of my control. Balls in the SEC's court. Um, but by and large, it has gone it has gone rather smoothly. So I'd say stay tuned. We will be we will be public in the not not too distant future. And you know why are we choosing that path? Very simple. Um, that transaction will fully capitalize on our business model, which is to be really the industry leader in solid electrolyte supply. Um, and so by having essentially quote unquote enough money in the bank, um, it really puts us on a, on a path for success. And so we're very excited about that.
1: Doug, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Exciting story, fascinating story. sounds like solid power has got a wonderful future ahead of it. Uh, congratulations to you and your team. I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me on the show.
2: Thanks, Steve. Appreciate spending some time with you today as well. That's Daily Drive for Monday, November
1: 1st. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.